Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C., joined on the first part of our show this week with my co-host, Cam. We're doing the show in two parts this week, but it'll be one show we're going to put together. Uh, the first part, Cam and I are going to go over all the news that we've kind of missed over the last couple of weeks. We took a week off last week, um, and of course, that's when a handful of WWE releases took place, um, some AEW news. We had AEW Wrestle Dream as well, uh, and a few more WWE things we'll talk about. And then on the second part of our show... Myself and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, will preview WWE Fastlane, which is taking place uh, this Saturday. So you're going to get this show in two parts here. Uh, first, Cam and I will start talking about, as I said, the releases, which ended up taking place uh, back, geez, I feel like it was like almost two weeks ago at this point. Um, handful of them that ended up happening. So just to run through the list here. Uh, Matt Riddle, Dalt Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Elias, Ali, Emma, Riddick Moss, Aliyah, Top Dollar, Rick Boogs, Mason Mansoor, uh, Dana Brooke, and then a handful of NXT people. Uh, there was Dabo Kato, who was with Apollo Crews for a while when he was doing his Nigerian Prince gimmick. Um, not a lot of names that really stand out to you on this list. I guess the biggest one would probably end up being Riddle. But at the same time, Riddle's kind of been in his own way over the last uh, you know few months. There was a problem with him at uh, the TSA a couple weeks ago that ended up uh, being an issue that probably was, I want to say, the camel that brought, uh, but the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, it's, it's so funny that you take away Randy Orton from somebody out of all people, and then Riddle kind of just gets lost in his own way. But yet, you know, when Randy Orton and Riddle were together as a tag team, he was like as far as I remember on his best behavior and then you take that away and um you know given Randy Orton's history it's kind of odd to see what ends up happening at Riddle but Riddle was somebody that's always kind of had issues if you know his past uh you know other names in that list like your Dolph Ziggler Shelton Benjamins those are guys that have been around forever that you know maybe you thought would have lifetime jobs in the WWE but at the same time you know depending on what they make maybe it's not worth the money and then I think to me at least a lot of the names that stick out on this list are uh, like Vince guys, like a couple of them, like uh, like Elias and Riddick Moss and Rick Boogs, like those are guys that Vince loves for one reason or another, and now uh, they're out. Um, so you know none of them are really surprises. They haven't been used in a while. Riddick Moss had a shot at the Intercontinental Title during Gunther's run, and that was about the highlight of his career. Um, you know you go through the women, Emma, somebody that's been. I guess you could say missed you since she's come back. And Aaliyah is somebody that was in developmental forever. And when she got her shot on the main roster, yeah, I thought she was fine, but I just didn't see any room for improvement coming there. Uh, so Cam, I'll, those names I run down, just your thoughts on any of them. And uh, were you surprised by any? Um, No, I mean, this, this batch, I mean, we got used to it for what, four five, six post WrestleManias in a row we kind of got used to, okay, WrestleMania is over. That means there's going to be some, some cuts. And there really hasn't been too many. And then, you know, the TKO deal becomes official with Endeavor and all that stuff. So, you know, the writing was on the wall. Um, I mean, Riddle's not really surprising because he's been doing all his dumb shit that he's been doing the last few years. So that's kind of on him. Uh, to me, I guess Dolph Ziegler, I mean, I felt like someone who was going to be transitioned into a producer role, backstage assistant role, whatever type of roles they give all the veteran wrestlers, so I kind of thought that was going to be Ziegler's career, but, you know, he, he got the JTG call, you know, should have been, should have never answered my phone type of thing. Um, but no, I'm not really surprised. You know, I'm watching Raw last night and I'm like staring at two guys who, as much as I like one of them, I think could be easily be, be released here the next time. And that's fucking uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. You know, I, I like Kofi Kingston. He's been with the WWE for forever. Um, and but I'm watching the match, you know, and they're involved in their little mini feud with with uh, Drew McIntyre, and it's been okay. But I'm watching Xavier Woods, and I'm like, this guy probably gets paid way too much money to have next to no charisma. And you know, I think we kind of talked about it once. Like the New Day hasn't really done nothing because you know Big E's been out this whole time and probably will never wrestle again. So you know, it is what it is with the releases, and I'm sure a few of them will pop up in Impact and stuff like that. And hell, maybe even Dolph Ziggler might hang out with his brother on on AEW Dark. Yeah, and I mean, for me watching Raw last night, there were, you know, there were, like you said, there were names on there that I'm watching. I'm like, oh, like, how did, like, Cedric Alexander fighting Bronson Reed? I'm like, how did Cedric Alexander not end up getting a call to get released while Shelton Benjamin did? I mean, even just going through, like, the roster right now, I mean, you got guys like Drew Gulak down in uh, NXT. I'm like, he's a guy that I'm surprised is still around. Um, 
like, uh, I mean, like, as far as, uh, oh, my God, uh, what's their name? Mansoor and Mace. What am I, why am I blanking on the name of their tag team? Um, oh, Maximum Male Model. Maximum Male Models. I mean, once they lost uh, Maxine, I guess you could see the writing on the wall for them. Uh, they were entertaining as, like, a like a low-card tag team. But, again, they just weren't getting any TV time whatsoever. Uh, so that's kind of not surprising there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it kind of stopped where it did. Uh, you could have, like, I'm just, like I said, scrolling through the roster page right now. I could probably just five, ten more people, like, right off the top of my head. I'd be like, okay, how are they still here? How are they still here? So, um, yeah, I mean, you'll hear the people going, oh, yo, they're a multi-million dollar company and they're releasing people. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a solid paycheck. But at the same time, it's like, if you aren't going to use these guys, then what's the point of having them on your roster? It's like any other, you know, it's like any other, you know, merger with, with WB and UFC and a TKO. It's like, if you go to any merger, like same thing with the office releases, people were, were saying that same thing about anybody who's ever seen any corporate merger anywhere knows that when you merge companies, you're going to have people doing the same job. So there's no point in having, you know, 10 accountants on payroll when you only need maybe six, or there's no point in having like, you know, 20 production assistants when you only need 12, that kind of stuff. So it's understandable. And it's the same thing with the the roster here too. It's like, these guys are just, some people aren't getting TV time and it's okay. And it's not that big a deal. Um, I agree with you. I think you'll see a lot of these people end up, you know, indie working stuff like that. I mean, like you said, impact, uh, you know, if I was AEW, I wouldn't touch any of these guys, I don't think. I mean, yeah, Riddle could have some good matches, but is Riddle going to be worth the baggage? I mean, yeah, he's not going to cause problems backstage like CM Punk supposedly did. But at the same time, you know, is he going to cause you problems outside of the public eye? Like, is it worth it having him around doing that? Uh, like you said, Dolph Ziggler could show up there teaming up with his brother. That would be something I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um you know, maybe Ali, but at the same time, what's Ali going to do? Go in there and have, you know, just, you know, 10, 12 minute decent matches with everybody. And then, you know, that's it. Um, that's kind of where I am here. Is there one name? I'm trying to think here. If there's one name that's still on the roster that hasn't been released yet, is she there? As I'm scrolling through, I'm almost down to that letter. Yeah. Somehow Tamina's still surviving on the main roster, though I'm sure she knows things about, you know, or I'm, she's probably got a promised job for life given what Vince did, supposedly, quote-unquote, supposedly did for uh, her dad during uh, his time in the WWE. But, I mean, it's, you, you mentioned Ziggler, Cam. Is there anybody else you would see maybe on AEW to go into AEW that might even be slightly worth it? Um, I mean, I always think Emma, Emma is a, a decent talent. I mean, I think feel like the first time she got released from the WWE, everyone was a little bit upset. You know, they had a couple of different character changes with her while she was in the WWE the first time. She leaves, she goes and does the Impact thing. Uh, she comes back, and I feel like when she came back, she was just going to be filler anyways. So, I mean, I could see her going to AEW just to kind of give them another name. I mean, it's a former WWE superstar that they can put in there. Um you know, we've talked countless times about the AEW women's division. I mean, Emma probably doesn't go straight to the top because you got Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker and everybody else that's there. But she could easily be a, a mid-card hand for, for AEW. But every, as far as I see Boogs and all those guys, I mean, I feel like those are those are indie guys. That's not, I don't think, what Tony Khan's looking for. Um, I mean, I, Dolph Ziegler, I think it just depends on if he wants to wrestle. I don't know if he's if he's full-blown, wants to do comedy, wants to get into acting and all that's, all that side of the entertainment world. But I could see Dolph Ziegler coming in for, you know, uh, a spell a year or so, come in, work some matches, have some matches with Hangman and some other guys in AEW and then, you know, leave. But, you know, at the same time, he's older. Um, do do the w, or do the AEW hardcore faithful who've been a wrestling fans for, for all of total of five years, even know who Dolph Ziegler is. Um, so there's a lot of questions. But I mean, this batch of releases, I think they got rid of people like I said. You're paying them a hundred grand, hundred fifty grand, whatever they get paid a year. It's too much money. Get rid of them. Let them go work the indies, and maybe they'll pop back up in WWE or Japan or Impact or anything like that. I think Boogs is is made perfect for Impact. Yeah, him and like a Riddick Moss, I could totally see going down to Impact and having a, a spell down there. Um, I mean, like I said, Shelton Benjamin, maybe he latches on in AEW as like a trainer or like a backstage agent or a coach. Definitely doesn't really need to be on-screen talent. I mean, the guy's been, I mean, thinking about this, I think he's been around for over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I remember World's Greatest Tag Team was 2003. So, you know, 20 years at this point, I can, we can remember back, like, you know, 
20 years ago when he beat Triple H on Raw and everybody thought he was destined for next big things. And yeah, he was a great athlete. He was good in the ring, but he just didn't have that charisma that anybody saw. And that's why Vince gave him the Shelton's mama gimmick and all that other stuff that basically not necessarily ruined his career, but um, you know, just kind of go to show you that he wasn't ever going to be taken, you know, seriously as a top guy. And but like I said, if he wants to go backstage and like a producer coach role, that's all the power to him. That's something for somebody like Shelton Benjamin, who's been around for 20 plus years, he can add something like that to uh, to the AEW roster, to an Impact roster. You know, who the hell knows? Maybe even like Tony hires him for Ring of Honor. Um, there was also one. Not even released, but contract up that ended up happening, which was Edge's contract expired in the WWE, and he showed up at the end of AEW Wrestle Dream this past Sunday to uh, kind of confront Christian and you know stop him from giving a concerto to um, uh, to Sting. Uh, so he's kind of he is now in the AEW fold, which is kind of what it seemed like a lot of people were. Um, were suspecting when his contract ended up, you know, expiring. He was taken off the WWE roster page. Uh, he was, you know, kind of reports were that he was removed from uh, the AEW, or the WWE, excuse me, internal roster. So the signs were all kind of there. The fact that he did have Matt Toronto with Sheamus, and it wasn't really that hyped up as big as his you know, last match you thought it would be for Edge. But he apparently left on good terms, so, and he's always, apparently he's welcome back. Um, but he is now in AEW going by the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland, because WWE let the rated R superstar, uh, trademark lapse. So he ended up, you know, being able to trademark that and take it to AEW. So it's kind of, I'm surprised that's normally the things WWE is really up on. Uh, as far as that kind of stuff and not letting him do that. And, of course, he's able to use the uh, Metalingus song in AEW because that's a band song. It's not a WWE song, so that's not trademarked by WWE. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Obviously, interacting with Christian is probably the smart thing to do, uh, given their history, uh, given how hot Christian Cage has been in AEW. He main events this show against Darby Allen in a really good match. So, you know, as far as and I'm, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna just gonna call him Edge. We know he's Adam Copeland. I'm gonna say it, try to say Adam Copeland as much as possible. But Edge is just obviously stuck in our brains. If he's in AEW and he's not in a main event scene, going after the main event world title, and he's just doing like a like a semi main event thing like this with Christian, maybe he ends up actually teaming with Christian, and we get some kind of like tag team matches down the line. I'm fine with that. I just don't want to see Edge as main eventer in AEW because if I'm being quite honest, I don't know, you can criticize him, you can criticize the booking, whatever you want. His run in WWE, the second run that he ended up having, didn't really do that anything for me as far as adding to his legacy. I mean, you look back on guys like, you know, Shawn Michaels' second WWE run just pretty much added to his legacy. Where I look at Edge's and I'm trying to think, yeah, he won the Royal Rumble from the number one spot, but I can remember doing that Royal Rumble at the time, reviewing it after and saying, yeah, he won from number one, but I don't really remember him doing anything at number one. He just kind of was in the match. And I, you know, his matches that he had when he came back, I mean, his best one's probably the WrestleMania triple threat. I know he had a couple with Seth Rollins that I think were pretty good too, but I'm not saying, obviously, he can't add anything to AEW. He's a name. People recognize him. But I, I'm just there. If he's going to be, as long as he's not involved in a main event constantly, I'm fine with it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cam, on Adam Copeland showing up in AEW? Well, I don't, I mean, first of all, good for him. If he still feels like he's got some legs in those in that body of his, all the more power to him. Um, I mean, we talked about a few times, I mean, booking, maybe Triple H just didn't want to push him anymore. Like, like who knows what happened with his WWE run, but it came, it was completely flat. And completely flat. He shows up at AEW. I didn't watch Russell Dream. I was out of town doing some family stuff the last few days. One, I'm surprised that they had Darby and Christian headline the show. Uh, so that was a little interesting. And I guess maybe that's because they had Edge coming in. Who knows? Adam Copeland, you know, we're going to have the, the, the Brian Danielson problem for a few months. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's not a money grab. I saw people, oh, money, this and that, like that guy, you know, he wasn't working for scraps for the WWE for all these years. And I'm sure when he came back, he got himself a nice fat seven figure contract for that. 
however long he was back, two years, a year and a half, however long it was. Um, so I, I doubt it was a money thing. It was probably like, hey, you know, I got a couple matches left in me. Let me come over to AEW. Let me hang out with my buddy Christian. Let me maybe wrestle some guys over here I've never wrestled and then call it a career. It is what it is. Um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you, if you want to look at it this way, even though I'm not a big Brian Pillman fan, but the WWE basically traded Brian Pillman and Jade Cargill for Edge for Adam Copeland. I think that's a fair deal for the WWE. They get a WWE gets a NXT hand that can learn their system. They get a very promising female talent, and AEW gets another you know old WWE guy that hopefully brings in some ratings and sells some tickets and moves a little bit of merch and hopefully has some good matches. I mean, I could definitely see them getting back together and. I'm sure the Bucks are like, we got to wrestle Edge and Christian. We wrestled the Hardys. We'll never wrestle the Dudleys. We got to wrestle Edge and Christian. So I'm assuming at some point in the next calendar year, we'll see that match. Yeah, I was going to say, we're a Dudley boy signing away from getting a TLC reunion match at uh, at an AEW pay-per-view at some point where we could have the Hardys and Edge and Christian against the Dudley boys. Um, and like you said, I'm sure the Young Bucks will try to force their way into the match. Let us in the match, guys. We are going to win and be like a four-way TLC. Yeah, I can absolutely see them doing that. But I agree with you. I mean, it's like, hey, you can even throw in, uh, even though she hasn't been around in WWE for a while, you can even throw in uh, Lana, CJ, Perry in there as part of a trade, maybe like, you know, how they throw people in there in the NBA to balance salaries, you know, maybe that's, you can throw her in there like that too, as far as that trade goes. Um, yeah. I mean, you bring up Jay Cargill. Uh, I, apparently she's close to debuting, apparently going to debut on the raw side of things. Um, which is kind of interesting. If you look at the raw, like the raw and SmackDown rosters, I thought for sure, like I've always thought, you know, with Becky doing this little NXT, uh, detour with her as NXT champion, which if, uh, her and Tiffany Stratton had a great match uh, at NXT No Mercy this past uh, this past weekend, as well as Carmelo Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. I mean, if you haven't seen those two matches, go out of your way to watch those two matches. They were fantastic. Um, but I've kind of always assumed the destination has always been Rhea Becky at WrestleMania, which is why I was surprised that if they when they said that Jade Cargill is likely to debut on Raw, I'm like, okay, well, it, it might be kind of tough to keep her away from. Uh, Rhea, but then of course you do have like Natalia on Raw, who is as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Natalia, she's you know the the elder statesman of the women's division. She knows the lay of the land in the WWE. She's a she's a fundamentally sound worker, and she can go over there and have a feud with uh, Natalia and kind of work her way through a WWE match, what they're expecting, what to look for. So I guess I understand that, but you already got. I mean, as we saw. If you watched the beginning of Raw on Monday where we had Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Raquel, and Rhea all brawling to start the show, um, you already got kind of like the heavies over there on Raw, and I'm just wondering if she's going to slide right in there. I mean, who knows? I mean, Shade's not going to take any of Nia's shit, I know that much, and fucking Nia was gassed two minutes into the Raw last night trying to do all this brawling stuff, just watching her in the ring compared to the other three. But I don't know, I kind of thought maybe that if, Rhea and Becky was the plan for WrestleMania, and it still could be. I thought Jade could slide right over there into SmackDown. You know, uh, Bailey's there, who's somebody who's a hand that's been around for a while that I could see, you know, being helpful. Um, you've got uh, Dakota Kai, who's somebody who could bump around for like a maniac, even Asuka, and of course, you know, Bianca and Charlotte, which are the two people we talked about for views as far as Jade Cargo went before she signed, when she signed to the WWE. So I guess I'm a little surprised she's probably going over to Raw, given, like I said, all the quote unquote like heavy big women that they have over there. That's not disparaging at all it's just saying strong you know women um but do you think raw is a better fit than smackdown or vice versa cam for her yeah if i, I mean i am a betting man i would have put money on smackdown i figure smackdown probably would have been the heavy favorite too you kind of you look at the women on smackdown you look at the champion and you know all all due respect to eo sky and i think she's earned her title and earned all that stuff uh, Jade going straight to SmackDown where she could feud with Ailey, she could feud with Eo, things like that. I thought would have been a little bit better suited because with Rhea, I mean, yeah, we've got what five and a half, six months to get Jade up to speed because right now, if she does debut on the Raw Raw Raw, raw side of things, excuse me, that kind of has to be your match, right? That kind of has to be your female vocal or focal point, you know, of of things going forward. It would be Rhea versus Jade. Um, but if she does debut on Raw, you know, or excuse me, yeah, if she does debut on Raw, then, you know, we could see her versus Rhea. But at the same time, Rhea's 
in the middle of a great title run, so I don't see them taking the title off here right away. I mean, if they're smart, you know, like you said about Natty, they go like the Miz route where they have the new guy come in, work the Miz, work Natty. Um, Tegan Knox has been getting some sort of a little bit of a push on that side so they could have her work all those people. God, if they make her work Nia Jax, it'll probably have her second guessing uh, taking a WWE contract. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for her to come in. I mean, we we kind of sung her praises for a while, you know, waiting for her to be taken as the top serious talent in AEW. That never happened. And now she gets to come over to the WWE and showcase her skill set. I think she has all of the all of the makings for star power. I mean, I think she's a bigger, bigger, stronger Bianca Belair. And I think that that's a great thing for the WWE to have. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've, we've pretty much always said about Jay Cargill, no matter what we thought of like, how good her wrestling or in-ring stuff was one way or the other, one thing we've always said about her is she looks and carries herself like a star. And that's the kind of thing that grabs people's attention. You know, you hate to say, people that still flip channels nowadays, they don't have anything streaming, they flip channels, they might see somebody that looks like a Jay Cargill on there and go, oh, she looks, you know, she, you know, she turns heads. She's on a red carpet. She's going to turn some heads considering how she looks. I mean, look at back all the way... All the way back to the beginning of her run in AEW, she has a match with Shaq, or, you know, she's in a match, I should say, with Shaq, with Cody and Brandy. I guess I could also see maybe that's why she's also on Raw, because at least for the time being, even though he keeps hinting that somebody has to go to SmackDown, for the time being, Cody's on Raw, and I'm sure she can, you know, travel or hang with Cody, uh, given their relationship, given how I think Cody helped her get into the business, you know, the early part, like I said, of Jay Cargill's career, that could be a reason, too, why... Uh, why Jay goes over to Raw because Cody can help her out there. Like I said, Natalia can help her out there. Yeah, if she has to go in there with Nia Jax to start things off, oh man, poor. Uh, you know, I think if Nia injures her one way or the other, like I said, uh, Jay ain't like Jay would say she's not gonna. Jay would say cut the shit, but she won't take any shit. I mean, she'll have to come up with a new catchphrase. Considering I think I heard "Holy shit!" bleeped out on Raw last night when whatever that was, whoever it was, Eric or Ivar did the top rope swanton onto both members of the New Day. Um, so they'll have to they'll have to take care of that. Um, another thing, you know, while I'm remembering this, uh, before I jump back over to AEW, I think this happened after the last time we record is the news that uh, Raw or, or excuse me, SmackDown uh, in 2024 will be leaving Fox and going over to USA on Friday night. So, you know, they get their two billion from Fox for however long they were there. Uh, there was. Pretty much talk, I think I remember hearing a while back even, like earlier this year, that there was likely Fox, Fox is losing money on the deal, so they're not, we weren't going to renew it, and they get, I think, more money from USA, considering the fact that uh, USA would pretty much be nothing without the WWE, I mean, yeah, they have the Premier League, but, you know, that's only on Saturdays, and everything else is just, you know, reruns of Law & Order SVU, or 911, or NCIS, so... The WWE pretty much carries their programming. Uh, so that's going to start at the end of 2024. They'll have SmackDown on USA. And then there's still rumors about what exactly is going to happen with Raw and NXT. There are some who believe now that SmackDown is on USA, that Raw or NXT may end up somewhere else. There's been rumors that I've seen the speculation that Raw may end up on a different night other than Monday, which would just be weird to think about given, you know, us wrestling fans who have been watching Raw since the beginning now for 30 years, just how weird it would be to have raw on a night other than monday or you know i mean nxt could move too i mean we talked about what we would do if we were in charge of this stuff if i was ever in charge of this stuff i would have if you're gonna have you have to keep raw three hours i would make the like an nxt hour one two hours of raw and i've always said that i would have my own women's show and have that be the tuesday night show to replace nxt i don't think that'll ever happen um but there's been talk there's been rumors that you know it could be NBC Peacock exclusive. It could be Amazon Prime exclusive. It could be, I mean, I don't think Netflix is in the game anymore, but that was one that was always talked about. Um, there's also now going to be four uh, or a special every quarter, kind of like the old Saturday night's main event on NBC, which I'm all for. Um, you know, they tried that back, I think, in around 2007, 2008. Uh, the product's a little hotter now than it was in 2007, 2008. Sure, there's not as many people watching according to the ratings, but I think, you know, you look at arenas being sold out for WWE left and right, you know, them selling out these large arenas or going to Perth for Elimination Chamber. So they're definitely on a high right now. So I think the specials will work a little bit better, and I think they'll probably be booked a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, you know, you hear this stuff, Cam, you see SmackDown going over to USA, all this talk about Raw. Just uh, what do you think what might end up happening here?
I mean, I think SmackDown going back to USA, I think is the best idea. Um, when they went to Fox, I mean, I didn't know how they felt about it. I thought, you know, at the time, WWE product wrestling in general has been up trending for the last several years. Um, but it just felt like, you know, kind of not want to say forced, but it felt weird. Like you see, I, sometimes I watch Colin Cowherd in the morning. They have commercials for Fox, for SmackDown. And I'm all for that. The more eyes on pro wrestling, you know, the better. But I always felt like USA has kind of been the WWE's home. I mean, sure, they bounce around to sci-fi and they spike and they've bounced around over the years. But I feel like, you know, you've said that plenty of times that USA Network is nothing without the WWE. So I don't believe any speculation about Raw leaving. I could see them just having Monday, Tuesday, Friday. And that's just that's just the USA Network saying, hey, OK, so Monday night we're going to get a decent rating. Tuesday night we're going to get a decent rating. Friday night we're going to get a decent rating. So between Law & Order and CSI and all the other crap they show throughout the week, they will have pretty decent ratings for a TV channel that doesn't really produce original television, you know, shows random movies from the nineties and two thousands. Sometimes um, I think it's a win for them. They can give the WWE whatever they want. Sure. Theoretically Fox and these other bigger networks could, could potentially give out more money to WWE, but this is kind of like a loyalty thing. And I think, uh, hell, maybe you'll even see, um, you know, who knows what the UFC's kind of deal they have with Disney. Maybe you'll see those Saturday night uh, UFC pay-per-views, those lower card pay-per-views they have. Maybe you'll see a few of those bounce up on, on USA Network or something like that. But I think overall it's a good thing for the WWE. It's a good thing for USA. Um, I think that's the best working relationship. I mean, you look at AEW, they've already they've been around for three years now, three, four years, and they've already had to change networks. Who knows what's going to happen for them in the future. So, I mean, it is what it is, and I think it's a good thing for everyone all around. Yeah, uh, get everything. I mean, I, I, I just make they should literally just make USA Network the WWE Network. Uh, get rid of it off Peacock and just like throw in episodes of like WWE should just buy USA and then just keep the Law and Order SVU episodes they can air during the day. I don't know, but yeah, it's pretty much like anytime you watch USA now, if you're watching a show on there it reruns, it's literally commercials for WWE, it's commercials for Big Ten Saturday Night and NBC Peacock, and it's commercials for the Premier League on the weekend. That's literally every. Every single like commercial break on USA, we don't have the actual advertisers advertising it. So USA should just go jump full on into that, and like I said, keep the reruns during the day of SVU, NCIS, 911, you know, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, whatever. All those shows my parents watch. Uh, that's the kind of stuff they should keep on the show. Um, jumping back to AEW over here, uh, another big thing that happened while we were off is Adam Cole uh, fracturing his ankle. Coming to make this, I don't mean to laugh, but coming out to help MJF in his match or support MJF in his match against Samoa Joe from the Grand Slam show from New York a couple weeks ago. Uh, he jumped off the stage. It was pretty evident that something was wrong right away. You know, he's literally just running down and jumping off the stage. And then it was revealed that he had his uh, broke his ankle. Um, and he's going to be out for a while. If you looked at the x rays, it's a pretty bad break. Uh, and it kind of ruin i want to, uh, probably does ruin plans for whatever they had for this mjf adam cole story mjf had to defend the ring of honor world tag team titles by himself uh, at wrestle dream against the righteous and he ended up winning which is fine because the righteous are like a d-level ripoff of the wyatt family and the fact that mjf was even fighting them on a pay-per-view even if it's just for the ring of honor world tag team titles and it was going to be him and adam cole is just a joke i have no idea why it was happening but I mean, it seemed like the MJF Adam Cole story was just going to keep going and going anyway. I mean, there was teasers like they did that thing on the boat I saw with um, they were on a boat and Adam Cole looked like he was going to hit Adam Cole or Adam Cole with a diamond ring. And then he didn't. And then they catch they caught Big Show in the water. It was just got weird after that. So I don't know what the story ends up being here. I mean, is MJF going to hold on to the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles by himself right now? I just think that would be stupid. What I did like is that they teased, even though the promo between both these guys ended up being really bad, it hasn't been what MJF standards have been up to lately. Um, Jay White ended up coming out and confronting MJF this past Wednesday on Dynamite. And Jay White is somebody who I've, we, we've, I think we've all been fans of since his New Japan run. We always thought he was going to be WWE bound, ends up in AEW. Um, you know, the guy just looks like a star. Uh, but like I said, that first promo those two guys had was just bad. You know, MJF was calling um, Jay White tofu and a tofu champion. And it's just like, it was really weird. And I have no idea what MJF was trying to get over there, but it just didn't work. Uh, but it seems like, at least to me, that 
Jay White's probably going to end up being the next challenger for MJF. I mean, I think they're also trying to build Swerve up. I mean, Swerve ended up beating Adam Page at Wrestle Dream as well. And Swerve is a guy that just comes off as your next big superstar. If AEW does it right and doesn't end up, you know, holding off on giving him the, the push that he needs. But... I mean, MJF's title run has been fine so far. We graded it last a uh, few weeks ago, I think. We, I think we all pretty much gave it a general consensus of around a, a B, B plus, A minus kind of grade. Um, but the Adam Cole injury definitely ruins and kind of halts plans for whatever they did end up doing. But it seems like they're ready to get Jay White in there. And like I said, with um, with uh, Swerve end up beating Adam Page at the show as well, that kind of goes says at least to me. And says that Swerve is probably past Adam Page now as far as top people on the roster and maybe next guy that could get a world title run. So uh, I don't know if you saw the MJF Jay White interaction, uh, Cam, but just either your thoughts on that or just your thoughts on Jay White being more than likely the next potential challenger for MJF. Well, we didn't touch on the fact that they, you know, get beat up when the show ends and the guys are wearing double masks. So I'm like, okay, do these guys work for MJF because that's his his special special pay-per-view gimmick is when he wears the double uh, mask. The guys were, guys were wearing a double mask. So is that MJF working for himself, still being like a heel? Like, is it going to be a bunch of dumb top foolery? I almost feel like it's going to be, remember all those years ago when Enzo and Big Cass got released from the WWE and New Japan brought them in for like fucking five, or not New Japan, Ring of Honor brought them in for like five seconds at the WrestleMania weekend show. Oh yeah, I was at that show. We, everybody that I was sitting with would go, who is that? And then like it was finally like, oh, it's Enzo and Cass. And we were like, uh, okay. And, yeah, and nothing ever came of it. Like nothing ever happened. I hope that's not the case here because it was a little bit intriguing. Like, okay, who who's attacking these guys? Is the guys working for MGF? Like what's going on? Um, so who knows with that? Now, the Adam Cole injury sucks ass. I'm sitting there watching it with me and my, or my wife's sitting there watching it. And I was like, oh, shit, Adam Cole just broke his ankle. She's like, how do you know? I was like, I could just tell the way he came off the ramp, he, he fucked his ankle up. Like, he's not he's not selling an injury because it makes no sense for the storyline for him to go down there to be like, oh, my foot hurts now. Um, I'm like, this guy. So it, it ruined the plans. Whatever they have in the works for the next two or three months probably is dead. They're going to have to redo some stuff. Um, I love MJF. I love Adam Cole. But, you know, ever since their match and they become the tag, they're the Ring of Honor tag champs, I just don't know where it's going. And I haven't really been a fan the last couple of weeks. The Big Show stuff was kind of funny. Like, whatever. Sure, they caught Captain Insano while they were going swim fishing or whatever. That stuff's been funny. But at the same time, where are we going? Um, I have no idea. And as far (laughs) to touch on the races, I I tweeted out that these guys just love Rob Zombie movies too much because it just reminded me of, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, if it was on PBS Network or something. Like, yeah, these guys are these guys are spooky Charles Manson fans, man. They don't know we don't know what's what's the real or whatever their deal is. Just a, a bootleg a bootleg Rob Zombie movie meets early days Wyatt family, which is whatever. Um, like you said, I think it's fucking hilarious that MJF, the top guy, the legitimate top guy, there's no one above MJF. Mox Swerve, Kenny, Jericho, you can name off everybody in AEW. MJF's number one, and there's kind of a gap. You know what I mean? There's like a little bit of a gap between MJF and everybody else. And he's just got to drop these titles, right? Like, there's no point. He can't carry these titles around for, let's say, ankle, you know, ankle surgery, ankle broken ankle. Let's say a few months, right? Let's say a few months at the minimum. Adam Cole's upper 30s, so, you know, your body doesn't recover as fast. Let's just say three, four months. MJF can't be strutting these titles out here while trying to carry a main event program for the next few months. Just drop the belts, relinquish them, do something. Just get them away. Tony Khan, sell Ring of Honor, get it its own show because it's fucking weird. I'm tired of seeing Ring of Honor crap everywhere, even though I love Eddie Kingston. Um, so it's just a giant mess right now, and I feel like MJF is I – feel, I feel like this is going to be poetic – justice if you will for the wwe because mjf's w or aew career is going to end in some weird like fucking ring of honor tag team thing where he's wrestling like chris sabian or something stupid's going to happen january is going to come and then mjf's going to show up at the royal rumble i'm calling it now i feel like he's been loyal to the aew he's gotten as far as he can i feel like he used aew as leverage like okay let me build my career let me build myself up these next three four years so when the time does come 
the WWE will want me. It won't be one of those things where they just bring me over. Like they'll actually want me kind of not only say need them, but MJF and AEW and the WWE would be fucking money promos with everybody. Even the Miz, that would just be so amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to be some weird, some weird thing where Adam Cole's breaking his ankle was kind of the final nail in the coffin. And they're going to string this crap along and he'll lose the ring of honor titles and he'll lose the AEW world title and come Royal Rumble 2024, AEW will be all WWE. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I don't think even when MJF came back the first time, he never really wasn't announced that he had a contract extension. And, you know, hell, if I were him, I wouldn't sign anything either. I mean, he's only upped his value since that whole thing where he, you know, walked out the first time. You really want to believe whether it was a work or a shoot or not. Who the hell knows? Um, but... Yeah, we don't see what happens there with MJF. I mean, there's talk. I saw some people, I forgot who I saw reported it, but there are people that feel like they're ready to leave AEW and go back to WWE. And I'm sure that's people like an Andrade who's barely being used, like a Malachi Black, even though he's kind of left on weird terms. Um, so we'll see. And we'll see if there are people from WWE that want to jump for an opportunity in AEW. Who the hell knows? Um, so we'll see there. Um, before we get into the second part of our show with uh, chairman and I, Kim, do you have any quick thoughts on Fastlane this coming weekend? Um, I mean, it's a B pay-per-view for the WWE. You got Shin, you got Shinsuke and, and Seth in a last man standing match. I mean, I thought Raw last night was kind of funny where Michael Cole was kind of given a baby face rub, or excuse me, Seth was given the baby face rub to Michael Cole a little bit about he's been there forever, blah, blah, blah. Only missed a couple shows. I mean... No, I mean, if they would have held off the Champa-Gunther match, you know, maybe a little bit longer or something, I don't know. But yeah, it, it's just a pay-per-view, honestly. Like, I'm not – I'll watch, but it's not one of those things where, like, okay, I can't wait to see this. This kind of just feels like a feeler, like, okay, hey, we're almost a Survivor Series. Let's just get to Survivor Series, everyone healthy, everyone in good shape, and we'll go from there. All right, and that's the first part of our show, and Chairman and I will continue our second part of the show now, previewing a or not AEW, excuse me, previewing WWE Fastlane. And now we are at part two of this week's Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. Justin C. back here, this time with my co-host, the Chairman Stephen Vincent, as we are here to preview WWE Fastlane, uh, recording this on a Thursday night. So a couple things have happened since uh, Cam and I have recorded uh, this past Tuesday. But uh, real quick, first things first, uh, Chairman, I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Edge showing up in AEW? And I guess a little bit of what he did this past Wednesday on Dynamite with Christian. Once all the rumors started to kind of circulate in the internet and Edge slash Adam Copeland wasn't going to re-sign up to WWE and then he kind of had his send-off, the more I'm just like, okay, October 1st, everyone kept saying was going to be the date he was free. And then, of course, there was a pay-per-view for AEW Sunday night, Wrestle for the Dream or Fest or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay, I didn't order the pay-per-view because I cheap as hell 50 bucks you know but it's like okay i'm pretty much calling my shot here that edge is going to show up and then i saw that christian cage was in the main event so once you pretty much connect those dots you knew he was showing up and then it's like okay this this happened this is you know and, you know I, I read all the reports and the people's tweets and stuff where i'm like okay whatever it happened you know good for him and i pretty much compared it to like you know you got a lot of these pro athletes that they play for the same team for 10 15 years and then there's like a point where like all these fans are like disappointed because the said athlete didn't finish their career with the same team you know they go off and play for another team for like one more season or a two just to have a last hurrah because the team was going in a different direction as the athlete and that's what i compare this situation to it shouldn't be a aew versus wwe thing it's stupid you know adam copeland obviously wanted to continue his career and wwe really didn't see a future with him or I don't know. I don't know what happened. None of us will know where their ideas were. But either way, they made the decision to part ways. And obviously, Adam Copeland was at the crossroads of he could retire, or like his daughters told him, you know, go have a one last one song with Jay slash Christian Cage. So here we are. He's there. And when I watched the Dynamite replay this morning, you know, I heard Edge's theme and him doing this, you know entrance and i'm like holy shit this is weird hearing his theme seeing him on a AEW stage that's when it really set in for me was when i seen it in the flesh this morning 
and I was like, wow, this is, this is a, this is, you know, crazy. So I'll be interesting to see how things go with him. Obviously, if you watch Dynamite, you saw the promo at the end of the show where he basically wanted to do one more tag team run with Christian and Christian pretty much said what he said. And, uh, that's going to open up the floodgates. And I thought the promo work was fantastic. It's very iconic to see Edge and Christian in the ring together once again. Really weird seeing it in an AEW ring. Like, one of those places you never thought you'd see it, but here it is. It's, it's, it's a thing. And, you know, I grew up with Edge and Christian, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. You know, big fan of both their work over the years. So I'm very excited for both of them because this is how they want to end their careers. And I'm all for this ride. And I think Adam Copeland going to AEW is a mega boost to that promotion because they need some major players and they got one of Adam Copeland, I feel. Yeah, and I made my thoughts uh, clear on that. Yeah, like I said, Edge going to AW Adam. It's gonna be really hard calling him Adam Copeland after calling him Edge for geez, what twenty five years now at this point. It's just so so weird. Um, and his first match will be next Tuesday on uh, Dynamite against uh, Luchasaurus, which you know it's Christians heavy, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But we are actually having our uh, first AEW versus NXT battle in quite some time. As NXT is on, well, obviously on Tuesday nights, and AEW, I believe, because of playoff baseball, they are airing on Tuesday night next week. So WWE came out swinging. They announced John Cena is going to be on NXT in Carmelo Hayes' corner for his match against Braun Breaker. Uh, we have um, Cody Rhodes is showing up on NXT to make a big announcement. Becky Lynch, obviously the NXT women's champion is going to be on the show. So they, um, they fired that off the other day. And then AEW came back last night and announced a, I believe it's a champions night next Tuesday, trying to throw as many big stuff they have as they're going to have, as they had in a while. So we've got Swerve, Swerve Strickland, excuse me, versus Brian Danielson in a number one contenders match for the TNT championship. We got Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley for the international title. Uh, as I said, we had edges. We have edges first, um, first match in AEW against Lucha, Luchasaurus. Uh, let's see what else do we have. We have Soraya versus Hikaru Shida. We also have Jericho versus Hobbs and Hangman Page versus Jay White. And of course, it is also Tony Khan's birthday. Um, and if you're into ratings, into that kind of stuff, uh, actually this week, NXT overall, viewers-wise, beat AEW in total viewers. NXT did, I think it was like 850, or and then uh, AEW only did right around 800,000. Both of them went up against, obviously, MLB wildcard playoffs both nights, so... Um, neither one has a full excuse there, but uh, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening in the, in the ratings battle the next week with WWE going all out with John Cena and Cody Rhodes showing up, and then AEW trying to give the wrestling fan the best, the better probably match quality standpoint uh, from a wrestling fan's perspective. So, uh, what are your thoughts on these two cards, Chairman? Yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting that you pretty much put Cody against his old promotion. Like, you know, Cody Rhodes was a AW day one earner and putting him on the opposite side of the spectrum is a really interesting play by WWE. They definitely knew what they were doing there. And then of course, you know, you got John Cena, you got Becky Lynch, like you said, you got some big time players down there and AEW has got a pretty solid card for uh, you know, a dynamite episode too. I mean, this ain't no, scrubs here this is a pretty stacked card i'm sure there's probably an mjf appearance as well so i mean there's a lot to look forward to for both shows i haven't watched next team forever and i try to catch dynamite when i can but i mean i definitely got a lot of obstacles going on because tuesday you start the nhl season you're sticking to the baseball playoffs you got football going on there's a lot of stuff going on right now and it's hard to catch it all so it's almost you gotta pick and choose what you want to do Yeah, I think I saw somebody tweet something the other day that between, I think it was between this past Tuesday and I want to say sometime in November, there is literally some kind of football game on TV every single day. I think, if I'm not mistaken, because the University of Buffalo is in the MAC, Tuesday nights are normally MAC, I think they call it MAC-tion on like, you know, Tuesday nights always having a MAC game there. I mean, nobody really watches those, but you got that. Like you said, you've got hockey starting, uh, baseball playoffs. 
NBA, I think, starts in a couple weeks. So your pri- priorities are going to be uh, tough to come by. And then you have just like other stuff. Like I'm in two bowling leagues, so my time is taken up with that on two nights a week. And it's just, like you said, trying to get priorities straight to watch all this stuff. It seems like there's not enough time in the day. But it'll be, yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens next week and if having these guys on NXT maybe gets NXT. I mean, they had 850,000 this past week. And from what I saw, they really had nobody. You know, Becky was on, I think, but she didn't even wrestle. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if NXT gets over 1 million with Cody and John Cena both on there. Why? I mean, why the hell not? Uh, Paul Heyman's also going to be on there too, as well, uh, opposing, uh, John Cena's, uh, Braun Breaker and being in Braun Breaker's corner. So it'll be a, a fun little, a fun little night, uh, of wrestling that kind of gets you back into the whole Wednesday night war thing that we had to deal with for what the first what six was six months year uh, that both NXT and AEW were on TV, um, but we also have a uh, AEW Fastlane, uh, WWE Fastlane taking place this coming Saturday. Uh, only a five match card at this point, but again, you know, I think the WWE's had a pretty strong run of of shows here, premium live events. I almost called them pay-per-views. I be chastised. Premium live events. Even uh, the last one, which, oh my God, what was the name of the last one? That wasn't in, um, not the NXT No Mercy. I'm blanking on it right now, but that had, it was also a pretty good show. You know, the tag title match. The Backlash? Yes, Backlash. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it was a pretty solid show, even for a small, like, like five, six match card that it was. I mean, Becky and Trish was good. And this one, of course, got star power on it with John Cena. It's got Cody Rhodes. Uh, so a few more of the big names fighting on this show as compared to the last one. Um, what are your thoughts just before we get into each match here, Chairman, overall on this card going into Saturday? Uh, you know, for a B show, I think it'll be good. You know, we pretty much know, like, the major players are going to be wrestling in this event. And, you know, there's a lot going on on Saturday nights right now. Like we talked about with Collision, you know, for AW, <clears throat> trying to play Saturday nights against college football. So WWE definitely had to put on some uh, big matches on this event to compete with uh, Saturday night football for college. I don't know what the games are for college. I haven't looked that far yet. But there might be uh, dual TVs going that night in my house. I know the big game this weekend is Texas and Oklahoma. I just don't know what time Texas versus Oklahoma is. Let me look it up real quick because with Texas actually being good this year, it's probably generally considered. Oh, it's at noon. That's right. I think it always is at noon. So yeah, I don't even know what the I don't know what the Saturday night games are, but yeah. So that means Jr. will have time to watch the game and then go do commentary for Collision. He does count Collision, right? Yes, maybe. I don't know. Um. I haven't watched Collision, I think, since the very first episode. Uh, let me let me see if I can pull this up real quick on my phone. What are the big games on Saturday night? Top 25. Uh, Arkansas, Michigan at Minnesota. Notre Dame, Louisville. Oh, yeah, there's not that really that many good games at night. Um, it looks like all the good games are during the day. So who knows? Maybe it won't be uh, as terrible for some ratings, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a strong five match show. Like I said, you've got arguably the top three baby faces in the company. If you want to count John Cena as being around right now on the show, uh, you know, you've got, uh, the bloodline on the show. You've got, um, the judgment day, which has been hot on raw as well. So there's a whole lot of things to, I think, like about the show. And of course, probably the last man standing match will end up being the main event. Uh, excuse me. Uh, let's get into this uh, show here. Uh, let's start with the six-man tag. The LWO, Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and what of Joaquin Wilde or Cruz del Toro uh, with Zelina against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Um, Lashley, of course, these last few weeks on SmackDown has been trying to get the Street Profits to kind of show more of an edge. And then this past Friday on SmackDown, they finally did show that edge, attacking Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar after their match that they had for the U.S. title, uh, which was a pretty good little match. I actually watched, I was able to watch the first hour or so of SmackDown this past Friday. And yeah, it was a pretty good uh, match that they ended up having. And um, yeah, then after the match, the Street Profits came out and attacked, and Lashley helped uh, take out uh, Wild and Del Toro. So here we are now with Street Profits being heels. Uh, I like it. You know, their act has been kind of getting a little bit, uh, not necessarily stale, 
but it was to the point where they've been around now for so long, they kind of needed something to change up here. And hopefully they get new theme music because their music that they have kind of went more, goes more towards like, you know, being baby faces. So hopefully them and Lashley, like they get something new, you know, they just come out to Lashley's music too, but I like it. I like to change up, um, you know, gives, even, you know, just turning heel freshens up the tag team division a little bit. And of course, you know, the LWO is still over as an act, so you uh, have them too. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Lashley and the Street Profits to win here. Uh, your new heels, you need to get something going with that new act. Establish them as, you know, a threat. Establish them as, you know, guys that are serious. And I think that will be a good step up for Lashley and the Street Profits to get a win here over an established group like the LWO. So that's who I am going with. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? I think you got a situation where neither team can really afford a loss. I mean, I know the Street Profits and Lashley, they're kind of new with this heel thing together. But then LWO, you know, they're kind of like your mid-card babyface group. You got raised the veteran slash U.S. champion. And, you know, Santos Escobar, big fans of. And then, of course, the other two guys that are just there to eat pins, I guess. So, you know, you break it down, you figure – Lashley and Street Profits should win this, probably get to win this. And this might cause some rift in the LWO, perhaps. You know, maybe Santos finally turns on Ray, or at least we start planting the seeds for that so Santos can take the U.S. title from him. Otherwise, what's the point of all this? Unless Lashley or Montez Ford would be so freaking cool if he was the one that defrauded Ray and took the U.S. title. But, you know, I'm still waiting for that Montez Four solo run, but I'm gonna think we'll be waiting a while now since they just went fresh heel turn on tag team wise. So, but yeah, I'm picking Street Profits and Lashley. Yeah, there was a couple moments in the early months of the Triple H era where like that might end up happening, but like you said, yeah, I think we're gonna have to wait on that uh, for a little bit, especially now because I think we'll probably have to even switch up. You know, when we turn heel, you gotta switch up kind of your offense too, depending on who you are. So we probably wouldn't get the high flying Montez Ford as much anymore, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let's go now to the women's match, triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. EO Sky taking on Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Um, of course, it's a women. If it's it's not a SmackDown Women's Title match, if Charlotte Flair is not involved, today. it was nice to actually get one between EO and Asuka last week, where uh, you know, hey, or not a couple weeks ago, and it was actually a really good match. Um, you know, Charlotte, of course, was out there. I think, if I'm not mistaken. No, maybe no, she wasn't. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's blends together now. But yeah, I mean, let's have them have a little match like that and go together. Uh, damage control, of course, you know, Bailey and Dakota Kai kind of doing their thing on the outside. <clears throat> um, interesting matcher. Uh, not really sure which way. I, I kind of think I have a way I'm leaning, but I'm not 100% on this one. This one might be a tough one to pick, I think, at least for me. But who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, you got these three women that are constantly kind of in each other's business right now for that title. And I don't think you want to take it away from EO Sky yet. So I'm going to say she retains Bailey, Dakota. Maybe they hang out and get involved. But I, I, I just, Charlotte's getting close to that record. And I don't think her winning it on a B pay per view accomplishes anything. And Asuka kind of just, she's just there, you know, at this point in her career. I think it's kind of winding down. So I think she's more of elevating, you know, someone like EO Sky. So that's what I'm going to say is EO keeps it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning to as well. I would love it if it was Charlotte instead of Asuka who ended up eating the pinfall because that would just be a nice little refresher, especially because Charlotte, even if it's because of Bailey or Dakota Kai or something like that, I would just love it just for that reason too. But yeah, I mean, EO's being established here. I don't think it's time to take the title off her yet. Let her get a good solid reign here in here before you do that. Um, I'm always of the opinion that if you're going to take the title off of somebody, it should be for somebody who needs it or for a story that needs it. And there's really nothing with Charlotte or Asuka going forward that I think would kind of continue or get a new story going rather than it just being the same thing. Um, Real quick, Chairman, as far as the women go, we talked about on the first half, Cam and I, about Jade Cargill making it seem like she's, the reports are she's likely going to end up on Raw instead of SmackDown. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, if you, I don't know if you saw that or not, one or the other, but do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I didn't really hear anything about Raw, but I know they're presenting her like crazy. Like, all these, like, big, like, segments of, like, 
you know, announcing the signing. And it's crazy because, like, they never used to really do that. Like, it kind of sucks in a way because we live in a world where, like, everything is just leaks out, you know, information and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, man, this would be cool if you just showed up freaking one night and everyone would be like, holy shit. But, you know, also we don't know which is coming. We don't know when, you know, we're still kind of waiting for that, you know. It could be soon. It could be later. It's just like, could it be this Saturday night? You know, maybe she makes her noise. I don't know. Um, all eyes will be on her. You know, this is one of the biggest signings, you know, in a while for them. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot more wrestlers switching promotions, though, going forward, you know, between AEW and WWE. It's almost like they traded Jade Cargill for Edge. It's kind of what it looks like right now, but it's going to keep, it's just going to keep happening, just like the WCW, WWE, ECW, you know, when the three promotions are going, wrestlers changing hands. So this is something to get used to, and it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I made the yeah Tam made the joke that it's basically like Jade Cargill and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Now that he's on NXT for Edge, and I'm like, yeah, I guess if even though she wasn't with them for a while, you could probably say Lana C.J. Perry was like the 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 woman you threw in there just to make Sathery's match. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what ends up happening with Jade Cargill. Uh, like you said, yeah, they're definitely hyping her up big time as far as being a big debut and being a big star and presence for the women's division. Uh all right, let's go now to the tag title match, which sees the uh, bloodline, of course, of Finn Balor and Damian Priest defending against Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Uh, Rhea, Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Mommy, came back this past Monday night on Raw, and boy, did she lay down the law with the Judgment Day after seeing the stuff that they have been uh, going through over the last few weeks as far as dissension and turmoil with Dominic losing his title at NXT No Mercy. And basically she says that he better win the title back or don't come home. And he does end up winning the title back from Trick Williams on NXT on Tuesday night. So Dominic is back in mommy's good graces. Uh, and we'll see what happens here with Finn and Damian Priest uh, against, I guess you could almost call it a, a superstar mega team at this point of Cody and Jay Uso with Jay being as over as he is with the crowd. Now that he's on raw with his new theme music, with the new dance that they, he does with the arms that they come out with um, when he comes out. So it's cool to see Cody and Jay teaming together. Uh, but I do think that Judgment Day ends up retaining the titles here because I just don't see any reason for Cody and Jay to win the titles. I mean, we've talked about how apparently somebody's still getting traded to SmackDown at some point, and we could just be Cody Rhodes, so that could be a move here, you know. And I don't think winning, you know, winning the tag titles, I guess, would be a way to get him on SmackDown if you want him on both shows. But like, there's just to me, there's no reason to kind of break up Judgment Day's power at this point, kind of get them back on the right track. We've already seen that with Dominic winning the North American title back, uh, obviously Rhea being champ, and just don't you don't need to take the titles off of Finn and Damian Priest at this point. So I expect a good match, but I do not see any reason for Cody and Jay to win the tag titles here. So I am going with Judgment Day. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Well, if uh, Vince McMahon was still overseeing everything, he probably would have Cody and Jay win for the shock factor of like, oh, it's good shit, pal. Which, it's weird because Jay Uso, obviously, with his brother Jimmy, is one of the most renowned tag teams in WWE ever. Like, you're literally just going to have him have a new tag team partner within like the last few months and just win the tag titles? I mean, yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be shock factor, but it doesn't make sense. That's not how the story's supposed to go for either one of these two, especially Cody. That's not how the story's going to end, so... You know, Cody's going to go to SmackDown. It's inevitable. I'm calling it. We've talked about this for time and time again. But, um, yeah, Judgment Day losing the titles would be really, really weird. Now, if Dom didn't win that title back from Trick Williams, I may see a more uh, possibility of the Judgment Day losing the tag titles because then, like, they lost the North American title. They lost the tag titles. Then Priest will get desperate and try to cash in money in the bank and fail. And then everything just implodes and Mommy just says, screw y'all. But, you know, it doesn't go that way because Dom, Dom winning the North American title saves Judgment Day. So now Finn and Priest will retain. And, I mean, this is funny to me because we talked earlier, you know, past podcast about how Sammy and KO's tag title reign was kind of quiet. You know, they kind of won their big match at Mania and they didn't really do anything with the tag division. But now here's like, oh, we're going to put Cody Rose and Jey Uso together for a super tag team to face the Judgment Day. It's like, wow, doing Sammy and KO kind of dirty there. But I'm happy that these guys are all getting a big spot here. 
you know, getting Cody on the card, main event Jey Uso, Judgment Day, some of the best stuff going right now in the WWE. So let's see him hash it out. Yeah, and speaking of getting big spots on a big card, we have another tag team match here. Where's the last time we had three tag team matches on one WWE show? Uh, you've got John Cena teaming up with L.A. Knight to take on Jimmy Uso and Solo Sequoia. Uh, L.A. Knight came out last week to save John Cena after he was getting beat down by uh, Jimmy and Solo. Uh, big pop for L.A. Knight. It was, apparently this was all supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but L.A. Knight had COVID, so they had to rewrite the plans on SmackDown, and they redid basically what they wanted to do that week, this past week. Uh, like I said, huge pop for L.A. Knight. He's got his, he's got the Slim Jim uh I saw uh, sponsorship now, so he has that going for him too. So just a good, uh, good, good continued rise to the top here for LA Knight. And what bigger way to get a rise to the top than having him team with the biggest WWE star of the last 20 years and John Cena, who's had been back now on SmackDown. Um, interesting little, I don't really know. This one's also kind of, I mean, it might be a little tough to pick. I don't know, but uh, Chairman, you're up first here on this one. Who are you going with? Well, they keep joking, like, on the, you know, Twitterverse of, like, oh, John Cena has, like, hasn't won a match in, like, how many years and how many days and blah, blah, blah. So, I'm like, okay, he's probably due to win here. And being that he's teaming with LA Knight, like, super overdue, like, there's no way they're going to lose, right? I mean, it's just Solo Sequoia and Jimmy Uso, the lesser Uso. It's like, Roman Reigns isn't in this match. Roman Reigns probably is going to grace with his presence. So Jimmy's going to probably eat the pin. He's probably going to get beat by Cena and LA Knight both. I mean, it's an, it's just going to be Cena getting his first win. Then we can put an end to all these nonsense tweets of John Cena's losing streak. And, you know, John Cena will have his weird bald spot going on. And we all can laugh at that. But, you know, obviously you want to keep the LA Knight momentum going. And maybe these two will have a match someday, Cena and LA Knight. You know, maybe that's something that's in the plans, you know. Maybe there's a rift in the tag team match, but it'd be stupid to have those two lose. So I'm going to say those two win, Cena and LA Knight. Yeah, I kind of thought about the idea that maybe you could have the Bloodline win here, like just giving Jimmy and Solo a good push, uh, you know, give them a big rub to win. But yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, I think it is, it's LA Knight and John Cena win here. I would like to see LA Knight to be the one to get the pin. Uh, you know, especially because I don't know, I don't really know actually what even John Cena's schedule is for the rest of the time going forward. So I would like to see LA Knight get a pin here, especially if it's going to lead to something with him and uh, him and Roman Reigns at some point early next year, later on next year, if he's getting that match. Uh, so I would like to see LA Knight win. Like you said, I wouldn't, I mean, I would like to see LA Knight John Cena. I mean, I would love it if Cena turned heel to do it, but I don't think that would happen. Um, you know, let them... Maybe they fight at the next Saudi Arabia show. Maybe the Saudi prince is a big John Cena fan and a big LA Knight fan. And he wants to see him clash one-on-one because he plays with his wrestling figures like that. And he's always wanted to see it happen. So maybe we see that happen. Maybe that's where we go and get that match. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick the team of Cena and LA Knight to win this one, give LA Knight the big win and get some more interaction with the bloodline going forward. And maybe Roman Reigns, when he eventually comes back from his, uh, and defends his title, which I've seen him advertise for a couple events, I think coming up, but we'll see. And then what's likely going to be the main event, uh, Seth Rollins taking on Nakamura for the world heavyweight championship. Um, man, where I can't believe it took them this long to build up Nakamura as the threat that he is right here. Nakamura, this looks like a rejuvenated, happy Nakamura uh, cutting these promos in Japanese on uh, the Titan Tron, uh, always challenging Rollins to a fight. Um, there, you know, Rollins cuts a good promo this past week with Michael Cole of all people course i saw him drop hints from a cm punk ring of honor promo of course there's all these people speculating them people say best in the world that means cm punk's coming into wwe now because of course we got to speculate on the internet but they're doing a good job of building up rollins as an underdog who you know is not losing any of his uh his luster as champion but he's got a vulnerability he's got a bad back and nakamura has been targeting it um it's just been like i said this has been probably the best version of Nakamura since his NXT days. It's been great to see this on TV. I've always made sure even if I felt if I turned it off or I fell asleep, I'd watch go back and find the Nakamura stuff from the past, this past Monday's Raw. 
And they're doing a good job. Maybe it's just me, but I think they're doing a good job of making me think that Nakamura might actually be a threat here to win the world title. You know, maybe he wins. You get Seth Rollins some time off, uh, maybe to heal his actual back injury. I am really, really tempted to have Nakamura, pick Nakamura to win this match here. But I think in the end, I am going to lean towards Seth Rollins retaining. Um, I just think Nakamura winning the world title and getting a big win like this, and then finally, you know, him getting this world title run that we all thought he was going to have at some point, uh, it would just be great. But, oh man, I mean, like, I just think in the end, Seth Rollins is the one who retains the title here and moves on to what I don't know, but I would not surprise me in the slightest if Nakamura ends up winning this match. Uh, Chairman, who are you picking here? Yeah, the last man stipulation standing is um, definitely enticing because it protects Rollins from a pin, you know, because some people don't like to be pinned, you know. But, you know, it's just a matter of bend but don't break with Seth Rollins. How much longer can he go before he breaks? How much more matches, how many more bumps can he take before he has to go away? I think his goal is probably to get the WrestleMania, and then he's probably going to go on a sabbatical. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, he might not make it there. Um, but, uh, I think he's, he's a grinder though. I think he's going to stick it out. I think he's probably going to keep going. So I think he's going to win, but like you said, Nakamura's work has been fantastic. If this Nakamura character that he's got now would have been used during the AJ Styles feud a few years ago, like it would have been fantastic. Like that was the one program a lot of people were excited for. And it just flopped. If we would have had this Nakamura then like world's difference. Instead, Nakamura gets put with, like, Rick Boogs and all these terrible gimmicks, you know, and kicking people in the balls and shit. But now we got, like you said, man, best best Shinsuke Nakamura run since NXT. Like, he's been killing it. You know, people that are familiar from in Japan, obviously, know he's done some great things over there over the years. So it's like, you know, if, if Shinsuke does not win this match, doesn't win the title, hopefully they still keep him in the upper main event echelon and give him good stories still and don't just cast him to the side and forget about him like they do to so many other wrestlers like oh your your time in the main event's done um uh we got nothing for you so yeah like ricochet that big match with logan paul and i don't know what the hell he's doing anymore so that just goes to show you like they gotta keep some of these guys around and i think shinsuke is definitely deserving yeah, but instead we had to get Nakamura kicking AJ in the balls because <laughs> it's good shit, pal. Seeing somebody like that get kicked in the balls, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. like I said, it's going to be interesting. It'll definitely be uh, – um, I'm not going to be able to watch the show live on Saturday night, so I'm going to try my best to stay away from it, though the Bills play on Sunday at 9.30 in London, so it'll be tough for me to even watch it in the morning. It'll probably be tough for me to stay away from spoilers, but I'll try. I just, I'm so intrigued in this main event that I really want to watch it and be able to see who ends up winning without being spoiled. But it'll be a fun show, we think, and we will be back to talk about it next week in some way, shape, or form. So for my co-host on part two here, the chairman, Stephen Vincent, and for my co-host on part one, Cam, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.